go. Good morning. Hey. Now, now, now that was that was good. But I believe, just like an amen, that horn can go a little bit louder than that. Yes, cause cause I want to. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want I want the devil to know that his worst nightmare is back. <laughs> oh yes, yes. And we we come to reoccupy what has been given to us by the Lord. And I'm just not talking about a physical piece of property, but what God gave us in the Lord, He gave us together. And there's not a one of us that the enemy doesn't try to pick off and get us isolated, and he can make us think possibly that he can take us out. But man, when you put us up together, I know you guys at Victory, when one falls, ten's going to rush in to pick you back up. And so we want the devil to know that we're back for the glory of the Lord. Wow, I've missed you so much. I, I've been holding back tears really all morning. Lane and I uh, look each other in the face and we'll begin to dance. And I just have to stop and we have to stop because holding back tears. Go just to be with you. We love you, our family. And, and you're not only a part of our prayer life. You're not only a part of our, but you're a part of our life. You're our family. I mean, we have missed you so much. And now to be able to look at your windshields <laughs> gets us closer together. And Lord willing, we'll have about three weeks of this, and then we're going to occupy the building back again. The Lord's going to work it out. So, so we're so thankful. I do want to, before I start talking to you on Scripture, I want to say how thankful I am. Uh, God has given us such marvelous leadership in our county and in our city. I mean, the Lord has given us a wonderful county judge, a wonderful sheriff, a wonderful mayor, a wonderful, uh, 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 every office, I, I was trying to thank my chief police, and the Lord has given to us such wonderful city offices that God has used to keep us safe. And the Lord, and I appreciate that. Now, it's God, it's God's umbrella, but the Lord has given us godly leaders, and I trust their leadership, I trust God through them. And I want you to know, Washita County has been blessed. And I want to give a shout-out with those horns again, thanking God that the Lord has blessed us and God has... And, you know, uh, I just appreciate so much our, our city police, our fine officers that's with us this morning. Now, we're at church, so we kind of bring it from a last name to a first name. But, Miss Charlotte, it's so good. Thank you so much for being here with us. And, and, Nathan, thank you so much for joining with us and helping us today. I just, and then I want to, then I want to give a, a thank you for all those that's worked so hard. And they've been working all through this time, this season. They've been working to try to make sure that you had ministry coming into your home. And then I want to thank all the heads of the houses that really became our church houses during this thing. So let's give another horn, a shout out for all of those that God has used. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Now. Now we're going to talk about Jesus. That's what we came here for anyway, isn't it? Now, I need you to help me just a little bit. When I'm in church, I can look at your face and you'll be smiling. Uh, very very few of you uh, uh, frown at me, but most of you smile. And, uh, and I love uh, the amens. Well, we're a little far for the amens this morning, but I want you to use those horns for those amens, okay? And uh, I've, I've been so blessed. I was looking here, and I tell you what, 
this vehicle right over here was literally rocking, rocking. It was just rocking back and forth, man. It was so a delight. Every one of you is such a delight. I'm just so thankful for you. Well, let's talk about the Word this morning. If you have your Bibles either on iPad or iPhone or there in the, uh, uh, in the written, if you would, turn to Luke chapter 24, verse 32. Powerful verse. I feel like God sent me here with this message for me today and for you because we're in the same family. We're all one in this battle that we're facing. And so I feel like the Lord gave me this for our family, for our spiritual family. And I feel like it's a real encouragement of the Lord. In fact, God told me something about today. He said, Jerry, he said, I want you to help open miraculous doors. And if you open the doors to me in a miracle or open the miracle doors, God said, I will come through and be a miracle God. And I want you to know that whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, you are not in this by yourself. You know that you have a church behind you, but I want to tell you what, you've got more than that. You've got Jesus behind you. And even though that you've had to wait, I want you to know that God's power is going to bring you through. Some of you are facing real economical, uh, economic situations. Others of you are facing health situations. Others of you are wrestling through relationship situations. Others of you are just lonely in the midst of this situation. But I want you to know, God's going to come through for you. So we're going to do our best to open the door to the miraculous today. And I believe the miracle God is going to walk through that door for you. Now, in preparation for that, what we have right now, we have a whole prayer team that's standing behind you in this service. Because if the devil has attacked you, maybe he's isolated you, got you off by yourself, and he's attacked you with the situation. And the Bible says one can put a thousand, but two can put ten thousand. And maybe he's brought a thousand and one against you. And it's just a little much for you to handle. But that's where our brothers and our sisters in agreement and prayer are able to come in for us. Because... the. the he may come against you, but He won't be able to come against all of us together for the glory of the Lord. So, there's a prayer team right now. with power, And we ask people to move on this prayer team that felt a special anointing in healing, or felt special anointing in deliverance, that felt special anointings in the words from the Lord. So what I mean, there's people that's been prepared. And the way you connect with them, the way you open up that door is this. You simply text 818-4440. You text and you put your name and one word, need. Bring your need into one word. I told them in the early service this morning, as I've been in situations where it was easy for me to put my situations into one word. It was just, help, <laughs> help, help me God. And so maybe that's you. So whatever you're going through, but if you will text that number, and if you will text your name and their need, then immediately, right now, this morning, a prayer team is going to go to work, and we're going to believe by, and what we're asking God to do, to visit every car, and especially the prayer team, as they're praying together, that the Lord come in every car and make you personal, and God would help you in your particular situation for the glory of His name. Now, Luke chapter 24, verse 32, it says these words. They said to each other, now this is a couple of Jesus' disciples, and they are weary, man. They're like, they've like faced their virus time. But their virus time was this, because they had all their hopes and all their plans in Jesus. And they felt that they had waited all their life for Jesus to come. And now Jesus had come. 
But then right in the midst of when they thought that Jesus was going to make their life better, He dies. They carry Him to a cross and He's crucified. They're completely, their world is wiped out from under them. Many of you, you know what they experienced because you've had your world wiped out from under you before. And that's exactly where they were. But they said these words, and Jesus came by them, came to them, uh, camouflaged almost, in a way that they didn't recognize Him. But Jesus began to talk with them. And all of a sudden, their eyes were open, the Bible says, and they could see it was Jesus. But this is what they said. Didn't our hearts burn within us as He talked with us on the road? I'm here to tell you, there should be a fire in every one of our hearts. Because if Jesus has been talking to us, there is a fire that burns inside of us. In fact, it's a, it, it's a powerful fire. It's a, it's a spiritual fire. It's a miraculous fire. In fact, I term the fire like the, those of old told us, the, the old wilderness wanderers used to teach us. That you would light a campfire at night and it would keep all the wild animals at bay. Well, I tell you what, I believe that's what God's saying to us this morning. We need to keep that fire burning in our hearts. So it will keep the demons and devils and all that is against us, all the things that try to knock us down, it will keep them at bay. In fact, the fire of God that's in us is hotter. Everybody say hotter, brighter, stronger than the fire that's come against us. And I learned a long time ago the, way, the best way to put out a fire is to put a backfire. And so what you're going to do with the fire that the enemy's brought against you, you're going to get so bright and so hot, you're going to put out his fire and let the glory of God burn for his glory. Now, in Leviticus chapter 6, and verse 13, this explains that fire, the importance of that fire. It says, the fire is talking about the fire on the altar of your heart. It says, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. Whoa. Isn't that, a, isn't that a, a powerful word to us? But isn't it also a responsibility for us to keep the fire of God burning in our heart? Now, I notice it said not in our heads because our heads will fool us. And sometimes I have a hard decision to make as if the devil is God talking to me. But my heart will always know. That's why Jesus said you must keep the fire of God burning within your heart. Now, I want to talk to you very quickly. I'm going to give you five quick points on how to make sure that this fire keeps burning. Or um, some of them going to be what the devil has sent to try to put that fire out. Now, some of you, you have a remembrance of when the fire was bright in you. And it seems like maybe for months or even years, and maybe some of you possibly down to even weeks, you sense that that fire has been trying to go out in you. But I'm, God sent me here this morning to rekindle the fire in all of our hearts. And the Holy Spirit is going to help us. And the Holy Spirit is going to work with us. And we're going to watch God rekindle the fire. And that fire is going to be bigger than the devil's fire. And that fire is going to put out the devil's work against us. Amen. Praise the Lord. So in, in the book of Deuteronomy, it says it this way. It says, they said, look, the Lord our God has shown us his glory and his greatness. Then notice these words. We have heard his voice from the heart of the fire. The first way to know that that fire is being quenched inside you or know that it's not long going out is when we quit looking and hearing the voice of God on a daily basis. We have to come to terms with this. The Bible talks about a supernatural God. 
And unless God has become supernatural in your life, then I'm not sure that we're that we have the same God that the Bible talks about. Because the Bible is a supernatural book. And it talks about supernatural relationships. It talks about supernatural occurrences. It talks about supernatural interventions. The Bible is a supernatural. And just because you have never seen it, doesn't mean that that's not the way God is. And I believe that God is going to light that fire inside of us, that we're going to begin to hear the voice of God coming out of that fire. So the first thing that you've got to keep fresh in your heart, you've got to keep fresh. It is right for us to have a knowing inside of us. It's a right for us to have a believing inside of us. It's a right for us to have a hearing inside of us. Those are all principles and properties of what the Bible said is to be in the believer's life. So if some way, 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 if some way the devil has tried to quieten that voice down, and maybe the voice of the world has gotten so loud in us to where you can no longer hear that quiet voice of the Lord. I'm encouraging you to know our safety is in that voice. Our safety is being able to hear. Whether it's the voice of the Lord that speaks in us, uh, to us in the middle of the night or whether it's the voice of the Lord that leaps off the pages of that Bible. It is important that we hear the voice of God. In fact, the Lord said it was this important. In 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah was facing one of those very discouraging times. But he found out a secret about God. And notice what he said. He said, the Lord was not in the wind. We would think God would be in the wind. Because the wind that is blowing and pushing and, and prodding in this world, we would think God was in the wind. But the Bible said God was not in the wind. And said, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. We say, oh, surely God's in the earthquake. But the Bible says God's not in the earthquake. And then it says, and God was not in the fire. But notice what it says. But God was in the still small voice. If you want God into your situation, you've got to hear the voice of the Lord in your life. So my heart is that God would rekindle all that the devil has tried to quiet. And you know, the Bible reveals the devil as the God of pressure, of whatever's pressuring you, whatever's pushing you. God is not the pressure of your life. God is the peace of the life. And that is to hear the voice of God. You have to back up and have to find that gentle place of peace and begin to listen to the Lord. The second thing is when that fire goes out, when we begin to allow our foundations to crumble. We can't allow the foundations that we built on to crumble. In fact, in Jeremiah chapter 20, it says that this is the way. It said, His word burns in my heart like a fire. <laughs> the word of God is our foundation, people. We're not guessing about what we believe. We know what we believe. And somebody says, oh, there's a thousand different ways to interpret the Bible. But there's God's way of interpreting the Bible. That's what I want. <laughs> I want God's way. I want God to interpret that word for me. Amen. See, our foundation is not in the eschatology. It's not in hermeneutics. It's not in the thesis of the Bible. But it's in the cross. And our theology has to be simple enough to where we believe in the cross. We believe in what God promised us on the cross. We believe in what God told us happened at the cross. We believe in what God said He did for us on the cross. And no matter what the devil is trying to do, we say we believe in that cross. And we base what we believe 
Won't you say in the quietness of your car, won't you say this, won't you say this with me? We believe in the Word. And especially the Word of Red. I pray that you've still got one of those old Bibles, those red letter edition. Because see, that is the foundation for our whole life. Is that that Jesus said or that that Jesus did that's in that red letter supported by all the other wonderful and powerful books of the Bible. But the red letters, what they reveal to you, they reveal to you how Jesus did it. They reveal how Jesus said it. They reveal how Jesus felt about it. And what we as believers do, that becomes our foundation that we refuse. Uh, here just a few years ago, WWJD became a powerful slogan. What would Jesus do? <laughs> well, I believe that's the foundation that cannot be shaken. How would Jesus handle this? How would Jesus think about this? How would, what would Jesus do? And we bring our life into surrender to His life. Can you say amen? The third thing that we have to do, that if we're going to keep the, the fire of God burning, it's when we no longer consider holy what God has hallowed, the fire begins to go out. I must consider holy and hallowed what Jesus calls holy and hallowed. And there are certain things I've got to understand. See, everybody thinks we, we, we become so spoiled, we're like children. Have you ever noticed a two-year-old cries for every other two-year-old's toy? It's not his. That doesn't belong to him. But we just we are just like that. We don't let any, we don't let God have anything that we howl and holy and honor because it's God's. We try to change what's God's. And we try to make it different. Instead of realizing this has been hallowed by the Lord. And there's certain things that's been hallowed by God that us not touching it, us not changing it, us not corrupting it, declares in our life that we still honor Him as God. I mean, it's just like it was in the tree in the garden. The tree in the garden, the Bible says that God said, every tree you can eat, but this one tree you can't eat. Because as long as you don't eat, it wasn't what that tree, the physical fruit would do to them. It's not their disobedience. Because as long as they didn't touch that tree that belonged to God, they could have all the other trees. But because they were like so small children, and they had to take what belonged to God. And when they robbed God and took from God, the way you keep God number one in your life, you let the things that He's hallowed and He said is holy remain holy. For example, today is the Lord's Day. Somebody say the Lord's Day. Today is the Lord's Day. We don't change it. We don't tamper with it. This is not my fishing day. I'm not, I'm not telling you what to do. But this is not my fishing day. This is not my laughing day. This is not my grieving day. This is God's day. And that's why. And because it's the Lord's day, that's why I'll sit in a hot car and listen to some little old preacher standing on a stand. Because this is God's day. And I howl at Him. I don't try to take from God what belongs to Him. The Bible says, He has a day. He has a person. He has a tithe. He has an honor. All of that that belongs to God that we refuse to touch. And then us refuse to touch and we say still it's God. Number four. A burning heart continues to burn as long as we've got to know. That you know that your heart is ablaze or goes ablaze in battle. 
we're in a time where nobody wants battles. We're all looking for the easy chair. <laughs> I tell you, the easy chair sounds so good to me too. But the truth of the matter is, the easy chair is going to be heaven. This life is always going to be a battle. You've got to understand, we were created for battle. You were created for battle. All the time in your life, you're either fighting to keep the devil from taking something that God gave you, or you're fighting to get back what he's already stolen. Life is to be a battle. And you can live life one of two ways. You can live life always discouraged and always upset that you're in a battle. Or you can learn to enjoy the battle. <laughs> you can learn. I was put here to fight. I was put here to win. I was put here to overcome. I was put here to outcome. I was put here to come out of this. I was put here to overcome this. I was put here for this. Instead of when a battle approaches you, instead of you backing away say, Oh God, another one. God's looking for the day that you step up in that center line. And you say, devil, bring it on. Because I was created for battle. I was made for battle. I was made to win. I was made to overcome. Amen. In fact, the Bible says that we're, we have a responsibility to open up our heart to the Lord. Now, the Bible tells us what that heart is, what that door is. It said, open up the doors, ye everlasting gates. It said, open up the gate, open up the doors. And the King of Glory will come in. And then it asks you the question, Who is the King of Glory? And then it identifies Him. He said, He's the Lord, the Mighty One in battle. God says, If you will open up your heart, I'm the Mighty One in battle. So instead of running from the battle, we're able to stand and face the battle because it's not us, honey. It's really God. And God fights our battles and He's in the midst of this thing and He's going to win it. I want you to give God a praise. If you know God's going to win your battle, come on, let's give God a praise. If you know God's going to win your battle, amen. Let me close with this one. The last thing that the devil usually tries to steal from our life to put the fire out in us is this. He tries to steal our voice. God, not only is it the voice of the Lord, number one, he tries to take away, but he tries to take away your voice because God has given you a sound and it is a sound of victory. In fact, the Bible says it in so many ways. It says, shout the shout of victory. <laughs> God has given you a sound. I'm here to ask you. I believe the Lord told me this. Hey, I believe He told me to stand on this stand today and ask you, Who stole your roar? Who stole your roar? Who tried to take out of you the roar that God had put in you? And this is a time where the devil is so afraid that you're going to regain your roar because your roar is going to sound something like this. You devil, you, carn uh, you virus... You uh, detestable diseases, you sicknesses, you problems, you insurmountable financial situations, I come to stand against you in the name of Jesus. And when you regain your roar, it becomes the roar. Now the Bible says the devil goes about as a roaring lion. So the devil's got the little roar. In fact, you know the story behind that. The roaring lions you never have to worry about. 
Because in a pack of lions, the young lions didn't roar. They always stood. They would hide and get ready to leap. The old lions, the ones that their teeth had already fallen out, the toothless jokers, they would go around behind and they're the ones that would do the roaring. Because then the prey would run from the roar and run right into the lap of the young lions that was ferocious. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to run away from the devil's roar. You can even run toward his roar. Because the Lord has already taken away his power. In fact, the Bible says that no harm will come. So in the name of Jesus, but then the Lord has given us. He said, I didn't make you a toothless roaring lion. He said, I didn't make you an old roaring lion. He said, I've made you like unto the lion of the tribe of Judah. I've made you like a strong lion. So I call you forth this morning to stand up in your situation, to stand up in your circumstances. The Bible says, arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has filled you. I'm going to close with a story that happened to me in my life. Now this happened right up 35 years ago. It may have been 38 years ago. Wayne and I was at a very discouraged point in our life. I had, we had tried to build a house. Uh, we tried to develop a family. I was working about three different jobs. Plus, I was pastoring a church at the same time. So I would just meet myself coming and going. And that's the way we lived. To just try to have enough to, to feed. At that time, four or five babies. Now with six babies. And in the process of it. And then, right in the midst of all of that, our house burned. I mean, it seemed like everything was just upside down in our life. But then Elaine had another child, and when that child came, the child was very sickly. And there was nothing we could do, although we believed in faith and we believed in prayer. There was nothing seemingly that we could do to turn her health around. So Elaine and I, we would just stand and we'd cry and we'd pray. We'd cry and we'd pray and we'd be so discouraged. In fact, my faith was so small because it seemed like the devil had beat had beat, had beat my faith down to where there was nothing left of it at all. So it almost, not a faith stand, almost like a, a humble animal type, I would just beg God to heal her. But God spoke to somebody's heart. In fact, there was a pastor in this town. I was a pastor in this town. But God spoke to another pastor that I really didn't even hardly know. And he knocked on my door. Now, Elaine and I, we was there. We were so upset. What was going on? We were so upset about our baby that was seemingly getting worse and not getting any better. And that pastor knocked on my home. Well, I opened the door, and I'll be honest with you. I was expecting pity. I was expecting that pastor to walk in my home. I was expecting him to say, Oh, Brother Jerry, you're going through so much. You've been in such a battle. I was really, I thought I was needing pity. I thought, about, I thought about, Lord, how good it would be to just be able to have somebody feel sorry for me for a while. And in the midst of that, but to my total shock, and it did, it shocked me. It raked me that morning. He sat across that room from me and he said, Brother Jerry, he said, God sent me here to tell you something. God said, stand up. Stand up. If you don't stand up, the devil's going to take you down. 
you stand up, Jerry. You stand up. My first immediate feeling with that was this. How could he say that to me? How could he do that? But deep inside my heart, I knew that he was right. And out of my little feeble place of self-pity that morning, I began to stand up. And I began to say, no devil, you can't help my child. You're not going to take her life. You're not going to take from me what God has given me. And to the glory of God, almost immediately, that child's health turned around and has never had a problem with this sin for the glory of God. So I believe God's words to us is stand up where we are and what we're going through. Begin to use your authority that Christ has given you through his precious name. And begin to use that authority to say, no devil. You know what? I've been telling the devil that about our town too, haven't you? I've been speaking to that virus. Have you been speaking to that virus? We begin to say, virus, you're not going to help our city. This is God's city. This is the place that God has created to be a joyful, happy place. This is not to be a place to shut out. This is not to be a place that's taken down. God's going to help you do that. But the battle that you're facing, it may be bigger than you, like mine was. My battle, I needed that pastor to come to my aid. What I was looking for was that pastor to come to my aid with self-pity. But God knew what I really needed. God knew unless I would stand up, I would never be able to get up. So on the other end of your phone right there, there's somebody that's waiting to agree with you. Whatever it is that you're going through. I want you to know you're not by yourself. All your church family gathers around you. I look over here and I'm seeing Brother Dwayne sitting right over here on those bricks. And I remember Dwayne, he gave his wonderful testimony. How many enjoyed Brother Dwayne's testimony? Wasn't it wonderful? But I remember when it was when Dwayne and Laura came to that prayer meeting, that first prayer meeting that night. And their hearts were broken. And I so wanted, I so wanted to just take Dwayne in my arms. And I was so wanted to just take Laura and just feel sorry for him a little bit because they had been through a battle. And the seemingly they had lost the battle to having a child. But my heart wouldn't let me either. So we in that prayer meeting, we began to pray and believe God with Brother Duane and Sister Lord. And then others began to join in. And the next week they would come back and we would pray again. The next week and the, then the next week and then the next week. And then all of a sudden they showed up and said, we're pregnant. And uh, which, which the doctor said there was no way. And now they've given birth. To a beautiful little darling. What, what do you need to give birth to? What is God needing to do for you? He's a miracle God. And He wants to open the door to the miraculous to help you. What do you need God to do? On the other end of that phone, there's a whole team 
that's believing God for a miracle in every car this morning. Would you just take that phone? If you're facing something, you say, Jerry, I just need a word, man. I'm just discouraged. I just need a word. I, I just need a word from the Lord. Somebody else said, I just, Pastor, I just really need a scripture. I, I just need a scripture, Pastor. If I could have a scripture, I, I could stand through this thing. Somebody said, if I can just have somebody to agree with me in prayer, if I can just have somebody to agree, I've tried to live for the Lord and haven't been able to, but this morning I truly want to. And some may be right here and you need to give your heart to the Lord. And, and so what you're going to do, you're going to take that phone, that that 870-818-4440, you're going to text and you're going to say, Jerry, need God. Or you're going to say, Jerry, needs healing. Or you're going to say, Jerry, needs help. Or Jerry, needs food to eat. Jerry's going through some things in his family. And I need your help. If you'll do that, that will be the cracking of the door for the miraculous God to come. I love you. Hey, everybody ready to give me a hug? Why don't you give me a hug with your horn? Give me a hug.